Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Yo! Welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement. Another week, another trip into the basement. Thank you for being here. Yes, I am wearing this shirt. Yes, I love it. And I'm wearing it because Josh Allen's coming in today. It is a Josh Allen Monday. A little bit of an audible up at the line. We moved it up a little week. His, uh, his game was on Saturday night. We moved it up from Monday or to, uh, from Tuesday to Monday. And we have a very special friend who's coming in to join Josh Allen today. It's going to be a very special visit with Josh Allen. It always is. Lots to talk about. Uh, the game in the snow, the game moving forward, what's on his Christmas list, did he watch Tombstone, all kinds of things. I want to talk about the top of the AFC, too. After all the action we saw this weekend, I see three teams that matter. Maybe you know the teams, maybe you don't. Also, this team in Dallas, it's different, right? Like, I've been hearing that for a long time. It's a different team. Are they really, or is they just standard issue, good but not great Cowboys team? Thoughts on the Vikings, too. Holy crap, what a weekend for the Vikings. Also, your vote on the Vikings pool. How many playoff games they win this weekend? How many playoff games they win this season? I mean, zero, one, multiple. So many things in my head right now. I cannot wait to start talking. I'm going to do a blind shot. Did it go in? Just tell me it did. And then we get to what I love, what I hate, and folks, what's hilarious. Come on now. This is Hans Gruber. He continues to fall down Nakatomi Tower. Now, a lot of you were like, hold on a second, he's supposed to be upside down because I had him right side up before. You're so right, he is supposed to be upside down. So I moved him, and he's going to go all the way down here to 19. Oh, man. I hope that's not a hostage. It's not. It's Gruber, and it's almost Christmas time, which means it's almost time to decide who's really the best in the league. How are you feeling right now? Are you still having a, a cigarette after the games last weekend? I am. Unbelievable. This shirt is really unbelievable, too. I'm seeing myself in the monitor. Oh, man. I'm really going for it. And so are, I think, three teams. I love the big three in the AFC at this point. There's some fun teams that are scraping and clawing and fighting to get into the playoffs. There's a few teams in the AFC that were like, yeah, we're here. We, we, we might make a difference. And there's those three big dogs. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Buffalo, KC, Cincinnati. Who you got right now? A fun little exercise. It's almost Christmas time. We're going to be playing in the playoffs in a matter of just a few weeks. It's getting close, guys. Really close. Who do you like? You may like Buffalo. You may like Cincinnati. They might be your team. I'm talking about you got to go all in. You got to, you got to, your life savings, the kids' college fund, your life, whatever. You have to push it to the center of the table and don't splash the pot. I think this team is going to win the AFC. It's really, really hard because there's a lot to like about all three. I just like that we have a three. When one of these teams gets knocked out of the playoffs, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, it's going to be such a mind blower. It's going to be shock and awe through it. Oh, my gosh. The Bills are going to lose. The Bengals are going to lose. The Chiefs are going to lose. They're down. Oh, but they, they couldn't come back. They're out. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be like when uh, you're watching NCAA tournaments and a one gets knocked out. And a one gets, maybe it's not even early. Maybe it's in the, it's in the Elite Eight. Maybe it's in the 16, and, you know, your bracket is busted. More importantly, the text chain is blowing up, and you cannot believe what you're seeing. You're watching CBS, and it's, and down goes Kentucky or whoever it may be, Michigan State, Duke, Kansas. It's like a one getting knocked out. It's going to be that big. And I, I don't think we have four one seeds like the NCAA tournament has. I think we have three 
true one seeds. The Bills are the one right now, and if they, they can finish, they get the bye and they get home field, and that's all great. But there's three teams that feel like one seed. Buffalo, obvious, okay? We're going to talk a lot about the Bills today. Josh is coming on later. I'm wearing this shirt. Gone through the hard times. Scraped, fell to six and three, lost two games in a row. Feels like the sky is falling, have not lost since. Had the tough injury. Von Miller out for the season, not coming back. That's the two things you got to go through. There's going to be a tough time for a team, and there's going to be the big injury for a team. The Bills have already had both. Now, over in the NFC, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles have had either. Buffalo's had both. Then you go to KC, all right? Identical record, 11 and 3. Almost got the big, 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 big scare. I mean, they did get the scare from Houston. Almost got the big loss. They have Seattle and Denver and then at Las Vegas, okay? Not too bad. That's to finish up and win out and go 14 and 3 and just be coming for that, that one seed. I don't want to go on the record, too, about Kansas City. I don't care that they almost lost to Houston. I do not. I do not care that Dallas almost lost to Houston the week before. At this point in the season, just win. I don't care if it's 50 to nothing or 2 to nothing. I don't care if you need overtime against the worst team of all time. Win. Everybody's tired as hell. Everybody's injured. Everybody's psychologically weary. I don't care. There is no style points in the NFL. You don't have an RPI. You don't have a selection committee who's going to decide if you get in. Just win. Just win. I don't care how you win. People say, wow, what, what should we take away from Kansas City almost losing to Houston? Nothing. They're awesome. Mahomes snapped his fingers and they won. They made the big play on defense in overtime. Then 10 seconds later, they're in the end zone. No one cares when the playoffs start. Remember they almost lost to Houston? I learned nothing from that. Nothing. And it's not just a Kansas City thing. Again, I gave Dallas a pass and they almost lost to Houston last week. But you do have to win. Kansas City is just great. They're always going to be Kansas City. They always host the title game until someone really knocks them out, Mahomes, in the playoffs, like Cincinnati did last year. They're the factor. They're even the team to beat. Buffalo, you're great. Kansas City. Uh, and then there's the one that might be the scariest of all. Cincinnati's got this cool thing where they're not nearly as high profile, even after the Super Bowl run, as Buffalo, who's everybody's Super Bowl pick and who's the one now, and Kansas City, who is the standard in the AFC. There's this slick alternative team of Cincinnati. What Cincinnati did this past week was amazing. It really was. Down 17-0 to Tom Brady, and as bad as that Bucks team is, and as flawed as they are, 17-0, 17-0, and then they just snapped their fingers, just like Mahomes, and just started draining threes. It was an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, who is it? Um, Clark Kellogg, more college basketball. He has this term about basketball teams, like their spurtability, like the teams that they go on a scoring spurt really fast. The teams that can be down nine in basketball, and then all of a sudden they're up 16. Bengals have that like crazy. I mean, all three of them do. But is there not something, let's put it this way. If you're a Chiefs fan or a Bills fan, are you more scared of the other team, meaning Bills fans scared of Chiefs fans, Chiefs fans scared of Bills fans, you know, the team, or are you more scared of the Bengals? Do they not have a factor, this cool factor, having been to the Super Bowl on the way up? They're better next year. They're just tough. Now, they lost their, they had their injury. Sam Hubbard, one of their pass rushers, is going to be out now for a few weeks. And who knows? Because they're playing the Patriots. Oh, my God, the Patriots. Then they're playing the Bills in the game of December, maybe. And then they're playing the Ravens. So all three of their games are at least teams that matter, and some of them are excellent. Um... I still think that the Bills are the standard. They've been my Super Bowl pick since April. The Chiefs, absolute juggernaut, would hate to play them. And you just think, they got Mahomes, right? And they got Kelsey, and they got a few other guys. They can figure it out. 
but I still think in this kind of scary, cool way, the Bengals are this under-the-radar team where it would surprise absolutely nobody if they win the AFC. Nobody. Or even the whole damn thing. I really, really like that they got their crappy... Remember I said you go through a rough stretch? Their rough stretch was the first couple weeks of the season. They were terrible coming out of the gates. Every single take, think piece, tweet, Instagram post about Super Bowl hangover... They don't have it, one and done. Bengals, not a good organization. They're breaking up. It's not going to work. Gone. They're good. They're really good. And they're on fire right now. It's great. And they're going to play the Bills. So somebody's got to take a loss in December. Somebody's got to take a loss, and that's going to be week 17. It's amazing. I can't wait for that game. Big three. Listen, the Chargers are interesting. Teams like the Jaguars are interesting. The Jets, some of these other teams. The Titans are just plummeting right now. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Those are your big three. Make a case for... Look, Miami's really good. Miami showed up, and they played in Buffalo, and they had that game. They were ahead late, and then it all just went to, went to hell and fell apart. Those three teams. Who do you like? I dare you to tell me, tell me, oh, one of them's definitely better than the others. They're not. They're right there. They're all one seeds, and they're all going to be in that final four. Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo. Love it. It's the coolest big three I think we've had in the AFC in a long time. Let's get to what I hate, though. It's not in the AFC. I hate that we're sitting here in December and you can already see how the Cowboys season is going to end. And it's going to end like all Cowboys seasons end, with a disappointing, underwhelming loss in the playoffs from a very talented and very flawed, good but not great Cowboys team. I genuinely hope I'm wrong for variety's sake. I want you to understand, there are people in the media who play the Dallas Cowboys heel or the Dallas Cowboys face pro wrestling style all the way to the bleeping bank, and they do it in a very entertaining way that's very popular, and that's great. But it's a shtick that you do, and I get it. It's lucrative, it's entertaining, it's popular. Do the shtick. I'm not doing a shtick. I've been saying for about two years, I don't understand the hype about the Cowboys. I think all the attention to them in the media is something that's rooted in the 90s when TV deals were blowing up and the Cowboys were very successful. And since then... People raised in sports media and executives and content creators have an addiction to talking about the Cowboys because it allegedly spikes ratings. And in today's media that is much more spread all around the country and much more handheld rather than traditional TV, I don't think that still holds true. I really don't. I don't buy it. So there's a lot. So I'm always saying, why are we talking about them? They haven't been to a title game since 1995. I can name you so many other teams allegedly... Uh, underwhelming, struggling franchises who in that time have been to title games and Super Bowls. Name them. The Bears, since the Cowboys have been to even a title game, have been to a Super Bowl. The Jacksonville Jaguars were in a title game winning it against the Patriots. The Bengals were in a Super Bowl. The Jets were in a couple of title games since the Cowboys have done it. And yet, every year, not only do you just hear the Cowboys are good this year, this is one of those special years when you hear, telling you, man, this Cowboys team is different. They're different. I've been hearing this Cowboys team is different since I was in college. It's never true. They're never different. They're good teams. They have good records. And they do a good job losing in the playoffs. Every year since the bleeping Spice Girls, the 90s. That's what they do. And where, what is different about them? What's different about the Dallas Cowboys? I would defy you to tell me. Dak Prescott, man, he's different. He's different. How is Dak Prescott different? 
Dak Prescott is pretty good. That's, that's how I would describe him. He's pretty good. Great? No. Elite? No. Do you know how he's playing this year? Throwing a lot of interceptions. He got hurt at the beginning of the year. Here's a stat. This is not me even soapboxing or opining. This is a stat. Of all the quarterbacks in the league right now, there's a small group of quarterbacks who average one interception per game. Every single game, they're going to give you one. Sometimes they give you two, sometimes they give you zero. They're going to average one. There's four people. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Davis Mills, Dak Prescott. Those are the four quarterbacks in the entire league with the minimum starts, blah, 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 who give you one interception every game. That's the whole crew. Carson Wentz hasn't seen the field in weeks. Matt Ryan just on the wrong end of the greatest comeback in NFL history. Davis Mills is Davis Mills and Dak Prescott. How are they different? Oh, man, Micah Parsons, they're different. They're different. Micah Parsons is great. Is he a transcendent player who's going to get the Cowboys over the hump? Because I remember saying this thing about DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware is amazing. He's the greatest pass rusher. He's going to have all these big numbers, and he's going to make this Cowboys defense great. DeMarcus Ware was amazing. What did he get them? What did he accomplish as a Dallas Cowboy? What did he do? I know he won a Super Bowl as a Bronco. He had to leave. No, this defense is special. They just gave up 40 points to the Jaguars. I don't think they are special. Micah Parsons is great. I don't know how different he is from several Cowboys defensive players I've seen since I was in college. CeeDee Lamb is different. No, he's not enough. He's a great player. He's a very talented guy. I've seen a thousand guys like that seemingly come through the Cowboys. Tony Pollard is different. Tony Pollard, I like him. He's not different. They've had very good players at running back. Very talented guys. I don't even need to list the names. Young Zeke, just for one accomplished nothing in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy, not different. We know that. Mike McCarthy did win a Super Bowl. It's great, maybe that's different. You got any confidence in him? I don't know. It's not fun to say this team's gonna lose, this team's gonna lose. I try to go from like a more of a motivational thing. I just can't be motivated to hear they're different anymore. My kids are gonna be in college and they're not, they're not gonna be any different. They're gonna be hearing the same stuff. I just don't, it's, it's the, the Dak Prescott regime it just seems so much like the Tony Romo regime. Dallas Cowboys, flashy team, good players, famous people, sell a lot of jerseys, win a lot of games. Pfft, nothing at the end, nothing. And you see them lose to Jacksonville, give up 40 points, blow the game at the end of it against a team that hasn't been there, is not experienced, is not ready to win right now. Well, you know, screw it. As a coach they believe in, is really talented and like is fearless, and, that's, and they win, and they beat Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys are good. The Dallas Cowboys are hardworking. The Dallas Cowboys are talented. There are a lot of good things. Do not tell me that they're different because I see nothing different since I was a 16-year-old dude. Same team over and over and over. Prove me wrong. I'd love to stand here and be like, you know what? This Cowboys team is different. They're not. You know it. I know it. Maybe they know it. We'll know it soon for sure. Let's get to what's hilarious. The, uh, the Vikings are hilarious. Um, they made a resounding statement over the weekend. I just have no idea what that statement was. <laughs> they put together maybe the worst half of Vikings football in history and then maybe the greatest half in professional football in history in the same game. Can you imagine a team that no one can really put a finger on what they're about are they great? Are they good? Are they fake? What is this team? It was almost as if they fed into that. Said, let's just get together and just really make everybody laugh and put some 
gasoline on that fire of are we good or not? Are they like just total frauds or are they really a team of destiny that's going to win the whole thing? The answer is yes. What the hell was that? I, I just have never seen something like that. So on brand, so perfect, just laughing at the whole idea that we can't figure them out. I don't know if they can figure themselves out, but they have an incredible record. Amazing. They have so many wins and they're definitely going to the playoffs. So here's the question. All right. You have, think about this. You have a, a heavily accomplished veteran quarterback who just threw for 417 yards in two and a half quarters. From halftime on in that game, Kirk Cousins went for over 400. You have uh, the, one of the most brilliant wide receivers we've seen in a long time. You have a, a fantastic running back. You're just coming off the greatest comeback in history, in history. And you're running away with the division. So you look at that recipe. Sounds pretty good, right? How many playoff games do you think they're going to win? Do they win the wild card? Do they win the wild card and the division? Do they win the whole damn thing? I asked you. Do you want to see what you guys think of a team that just wins nearly every single week, has all these great players, transcendent players? Here's what you said. I said multiple playoff wins, one playoff win, or none. 52% of you guys think zero playoff wins for an 11-3 and win team that just had the largest comeback win in NFL history. 52%, more than half said none. They will not beat anybody in the playoffs. They will be out in the wild card. Understand what you're saying right here. You're saying you think they're going to lose to the Commanders in the wild card round, maybe the New York Giants, maybe the Seahawks get in. Who knows? It might even be the Cowboys, depending on how things shake out. It could be the Lions. It could be the Packers. You think, oh, they're done. 6% of you, it's almost, look, over 10,000 votes. What's that, 60 people out of 10,000 thought that they're, yeah, they'll win the wild card and the divisional to get to the title game. It's amazing. No one likes them, despite what they do, and they feed into that. Um, I have to get to this quickly, too. I like them, and I love their quarterback. I, I love Kirk Cousins. I have for years. I love that he is so genuine. I love he doesn't care. Imagine after you have the biggest comeback in NFL history, it's something you're going to tell your great-grandkids about that will be in NFL films for the next 200 years. And on the next day, what do you share with the media? What do you share with the public? You get on the old Twitter. You're the face of that comeback. It's a really incredible, special thing. What do you tweet? What do you tweet? Give me the Kirk Cousins tweet. And this is why I love Kirk Cousins. Can someone explain to me the difference between these three brands L.L. Bean, Land's End, and Eddie Bauer, question mark? That's the whole tweet. No reason why. It doesn't appear to be an endorsement. I know Kirk. I, I, I love Kirk. I'm buddies with Kirk. I think he was probably sitting around with his wife, and they were talking, or they were shopping. He was probably at a Sears, or he was at a, a TJ Maxx with, like, with Max points or something, and he didn't know which one to buy. So he got his phone, and he tweeted that. And it's a great question. What is the difference between L.L. Bean, Land's End, and Eddie Bauer? Kirk? I love you. This is what I'm here for. Step into my office. Step into my basement. Uh, I did the research for you. I took a bunch of notes. Let me just zip through this really quickly. I know your time is precious and so is mine. All right. The difference is, all right, LLB, and here's the deal. Privately held retail company was founded by Hunter and Fisherman. Check the name out. Leon, Leon Wood Bean in 1912. So Leon, Leon Wood Bean, real deal. Hunter, Fisherman, he's out there with the waders on and the traps and the pelts and stuff like that. That's your L.L. Bean guy. His name was L.L. Bean, not L.L. Cool J, another guy, 
L.L. Bean. Um, in their own words, L.L. Bean. We believe the more time you spend outside together, the more time the better. That's why we design products that make it easier to take longer walks, have deeper talks, and never worry about the weather. It's like our founder always said. Being outside brings out the best in us. There you go. Also, Kirk, you're going to love this. Uh, LLB unlimited return policy. So you'd get that quarter zip or that sort of rugged vest and ah, I'm not so sure about this. Or you wear it a couple times. You're like, yeah, it's not really fit. Then return it. Kirk, you would do that and I respect it. That's LLB. All right, you asked about Land's End. Well, Land's End chimed in. Land's End said, oh, well, Kirk, I'm glad you asked. Someone at the Soch at Land's End decided to tweet back and they tweeted, Hi, we're Land's End, and we are a one-stop shop for all men's, women's, kids, outerwear, swim, school, home, gifts, bag, big and tall, coats for dogs, and tote bags with pockets. Is there anything else you'd like to know? Land's End, all over it. Um, it began as a mail-order yachting supply company in 63 in Chicago. And Kirk, you're a Chicago area guy, so maybe your loyalty goes there. Uh, as the business became successful, it expanded to general clothing and uh, home furnishings and moved to Dodgerville, Wisconsin in 1978. Um, named for its sailboat heritage, Land's End. That's the way it works. So lastly, let's go to the big dog. Let's go to Eddie Bauer. I rocked an Eddie Bauer backpack for much of the 90s uh, in junior high and in high school. Established in 1920 by C in Seattle by outdoorsman Eddie Bauer. Uh, he patented the first down jacket. So this is the guy who thought... Man, those feathers on those geese look really soft and probably really insulate heat. Let me just rip some off, stuff them into a jacket, and then call my lawyer and patent that thing. Um, the first independent company of the United States Army allowed to use its logo on the Army issue uniform. So that's there's a lot to like there with Eddie Bauer. The goose down, uh, you know, working with the United States military, come to Seattle. So Kirk, my man, you and I have talked a lot about restaurants. We talked about the virtues of... Uh, Bennigan's, uh, TGI Fridays, Applebee's, you name it. I know you're a big Outback guy, but when it comes to the clothing, your bottom line, Eddie Bauer, Northwest, Northwest, outdoor goods and clothing. You get the clothing, maybe get a little cot, maybe a canteen, maybe a tent. That's your Eddie Bauer. L.L. Bean, New England, East Coast, uh, kind of more wintry indoor wear. It's not really people who are... Uh, building dams and walking through the water and fly fishing. It's sort of like you want to go to, to dinner or the Christmas party looking like you do. Um, you're not fly fishing. You're, you're coming up to the, the hidden secret Santa, but you got the cool shirt on. And then Land's End, Midwest. Wheelhouse, buddy. Uh, somewhere in between the other two, you know, Land's End is, is, you know, really like the frontier where the land ends. So, that's my breakdown. Uh, please go and do it properly and get everything for the kids. I like that Kirk is Christmas shopping after the greatest comeback in NFL history. And he's like, I'm trying to get something, you know, for my nephew or my father-in-law. Do I get Land's End, Eddie Bauer, LLB? Kirk, just get them all. Just get them all because they accept returns, as you know. Hope that helps. And go get some, um, some uh, boneless riblets and some uh, bottomless apps at the chain restaurant. Love you and uh, see you in the playoffs. People don't think you're going to win. I have a feeling you will. Uh, one guy who's also going to the playoffs might be waiting for you when you get there on the other side of the uh, old National Football League and the American Football Conference is a uh, man from Fireball, California. Let's waste no more time. Josh Allen from the green room into the basement. Let's go. Number 17. You love him. You need him. You've been waiting for him. Roll the animation. Get in here. Lions, tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. 
college football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich Smoked Sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich. You do you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here we go. As promised, his team is 11-3. and three. He is incredibly generous to his fans, especially kids, and he was a youth gymnast back in the day. It's Josh Allen. What's up, dude? Hey, Dylan, Kyle. Thanks for having me back on. It's a good weekend. Um, it's real it's good awesome weekend. to see you. It's a great weekend. It's a great weekend. It's Christmas week. Um, we have special guests who are going to be joining us in the basement today. A really cool kid and his dad. You looking forward to that? Oh, absolutely. I think I've got an inkling of who it is. Um, real special kid, so I'm excited to, excited to talk to him again. Uh, they're excited, too. We're all excited. It's a fun day today in the basement. Um, how are you feeling? Do you get, do you get a lift on Monday? Do you, do you lift weights? Is that your day for lifting? No, this is uh, – so technically this is our Tuesday, right? Mm. So we played Saturday, and we're playing Saturday yeah. again. So just kind of like one day is off. Um, so this is technically our off day today. So today's really just a little bit of rehab, massage, just trying to get the body uh, back going. Typically, you'll lift the day after a game, but again, we got a victory Sunday, so took that one off, mm. and I'm, I'll have to get two lifts in this week, so uh, we'll find a way to get those done. You always do. You always look great out there. Um, my lift was uh, twisting your arm a couple weeks ago, trying to get something out of you that you wanted for Christmas. You said, I kind of would love chess set. I mentioned the Game of Thrones chess set. And then one showed up at your house that was not from me. So people have been asking me, have you figured out where this came from? And more importantly, how is that sucker? Did you break it open? It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's got like um, the Ice King as one side and the Lannisters oh, yeah. as the other one. Like it's, it's a really cool set. Um, but I have not found out anything. Like, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was family, if it was friends, if it was uh, avid watchers of Kyle Brandt's basement yeah. podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have no idea, but I, again, thank you. It's an awesome gift. Somebody fess up. If you have proof, send it to us. We'd love to thank you. I'm sure Josh would love to thank you to your face. In the meantime, dude, um, we had kind of the Battle of Winterfell on Saturday night in Western New York. Bill's 32 Dolphins 29, incredible scene. What was that night like for you? How was this one? Yeah, it was a, it was a wild night, you know. Um, started off hot in that first half. You know, kind of a dumb play to end that first half was, you know, throwing the touchdown with zero seconds left. You know, if that's incomplete, I just took points away from us. So got to be smarter in that situation. You got to get the ball out maybe a little quicker and give somebody a chance. But it worked out um, at the end of the day. And, Hit a low in that third quarter, and then that fourth quarter came around. 
that's, you know, that's when the snow started coming, winter is coming. Uh, and again, it was just one of those really cool games. Again, we clinched a playoff berth, um, mm-hmm. you know, beat an in-division rival who beat us already throughout the, or previously in the year. You know, it was, a, it was a tough fought game, offense, defense, special teams. All three of us kind of pulled together there at the end and, and found a way. I want the full story because once upon a time, it was the end of the second quarter and it was first and goal from the eight. What was the play call and like what the hell happened? Because Cook made an incredible play, but take me through it like you do. Like what, what was the play call and, and as just happening, what's going on in that beautiful mind of yours? You're always so good at describing that. Yeah, the, the play call was gun trips left, 73 Linda. Uh, we call it Maple. It's a, okay. a branch, just branch concept. So we got we got runaways, and it was man-to-man. Um, we got Dawson's coming across the formation. They kind of doubled Steph and Isaiah's side, and then Gabe is one-on-one on the toggle. Um, and then, obviously, Jimbo's getting into the flat there. So I start with the flat. I get my eyes to the toggle or to the uh, to the cross. And I'm trying to get to the in cut to Gabe. I just didn't feel like it was there at that moment. Found you know some space, got out to the right, he was kind of pointing, and then Jimbo kind of was running back this way. And at the last second, he stopped and put on the brakes. I just felt like I had him for a split second. And again, just uh, you know, just trusting teammates, a, a rookie making a play for us that was huge. And that's Jimbo. That's what he's going by. I didn't know that. It's Jimbo Cook. Yep, we call him Jimbo. It's great. A huge and then when he when he does something spot, good man. when he does something good he's him himbo h-i-m-b-o <laughs> all right the him movement is massive and it has reached himbo cook all right so that wasn't jimbo that, that was himbo right that was that one was himbo yes oh my gosh that's so good um i don't know if you saw we have a clip there's a highly produced show I want to play a clip of uh, Sean McDermott, who I'm sure loves the hymn revolution, when asked about uh, Josh to himbo and basically threatened to commit a crime against you. Play the clip, guys. Yeah, in the first half was big. Um, Yeah, run it down to zero on the clock and throw a touchdown. Right? He's lucky he made it out. He's lucky he threw a touchdown pass right there, or else uh, he and I were going to have a little. I would have probably flattened his tires maybe after the. Uh... McDermott went there. He did. He. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have blamed him. Again, that's not the smartest play in that situation, and I understand that. I get it. I get the, and I understand like the frustration and the angst and the feeling that he would have had, that I would have had, had we not completed that ball. Um, but in the great words of old Kanye West, I guess we'll never know. Mm. Nothing like old Kanye. Um, six points, by the way. Six points. Flatten this. Yeah, I got your tire right here, Coach. Six points. You be you, Josh. It was a great spot. You've hit it from that spot so many times. I feel like that going to that end zone and that spot is like Ray Allen in the corner. Like, you've hit the Patriots twice from that spot in the playoffs this year. Is there something about going that way, running to the right? Like, you are an assassin like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think, you know, it's just kind of happened to be in that side of the end zone. But um, yeah. I think we've had some good moments on the other side, too, rolling to the right. So 
uh, when it's down there in, in, in the red zone, being able to buy time is of the utmost importance, in my opinion. Like if teams want to drop eight in coverage, being able to buy time, it's just so hard to cover for that long, especially when you've got smart uh, route runners that can feel zones and have eyes on me instead of DBs having mm-hmm. eyes on those guys. So um, it just kind of clears things up. It makes things a little easier, and those windows seem to open up down there. Sometimes real late, and you always find them. You also had a great Josh Allen media moment after the game. You had the second longest run of your career, 44 yards. And my guy, in the middle of the run, you said at some point you felt like Forrest Gump. Tell, tell me about the run and why, why the Forrest comparison? Because it was perfect. You kind of looked like Forrest Gump. Yeah, I was just I was just running, you know, and that's that's all it was. I just felt like, <laughs> you know, Dorsey called a quarterback draw. Um, and I just felt like I, I don't know how it happened, but the DB didn't take a great angle and I was able to kind of get the corner there. And again, I don't get too many opportunities like that when I get to run an open field and just kind of stride it out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, Forrest Gump came to my mind there. It's kind of cool that for at least one moment you got to be an SEC football player like Forrest Gump, like maybe you should have That's been right. in the beginning. Um, I can't believe I haven't asked you this before. Forrest Gump, do you have a favorite fictional football player, like one in any movie ever? Is there one who's your guy? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I know Mike you're a big Winchell. program guy. Who do you like? Like, what's the movie, and then what's the character? It's either Mike Winchell or Paul Crew from uh, Grit, Ooh, uh, yeah. Longest Yard. And, and yeah, why when, that? When, uh, why did you go there? Well, Mike Winchell, again, Friday Night Lights is one of the all-time great football movies of all time. And, again, Hell yeah. we, we've talked about some of these old movies and or the sports movies and how kind of fake they are. And I don't give a yeah. – I don't really care about that one. Friday Night Lights is a great movie. It is. And then Paul Crew, obviously, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. And to see him mm-hmm. play, like, obviously, he, he was happy Gilmore, but it's so different from usually his usual role. Um, but that last scene, he's he's going to get that ball, and he goes to the ward, and he goes, stick that in your trophy case. Like, that's one of the, the coolest quotes to me in that movie. It's an awesome quote. It's a great answer, too. Yeah, there's, it's kind of a different answer. I don't hear a lot of people say Paul Crew, but they should. Is no matter which one, if yeah. you like the Burt Reynolds or the Sandler, it's a great one. Um, there's a take out there. Which, you know, the weather turned, it got crazy in the fourth quarter, it was beautiful, it looked fun. There's a take out there, and I'm sure you've heard it, that with the Bills quarterback that they have and those receivers and everything, they should be in a dome, and the Bills should be better off in a dome. There's even a guy named Chris on a popular radio show who says the NFL should mandate that the Bills go indoors, and that's the future for them, and enough of this BS with the weather. Are those people right? No, I think that's a, a fairly fairly soft take. I did see that clip. <laughs> it's it's football, man. It's football weather. We we love what we do. Um, and to kind of have some of these snow games, like, again, it's cold for us. It's cold for them. Um, there's snow for us. There's snow for them. You want to talk about there, there's a lot of other advantages in some other stadiums that I'm not going to name that I think we all know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. But – Again, that's just that's the nature of the business. That's what we do. And you're you have to try to find, you know, ways to help yourself win football games. And I think about baseball. I saw a video not too long ago mm-hmm. that 
you know, the unsung heroes in these baseball stadiums are the grounds crew, right? If they're facing a really fast team guy that, you know, they've got some guys that can steal, they're going to water that field quite a bit and kind of make it a little muddier and a little less quick for these base runners. And I, it, cutting the grass a certain length, if it's a ground ball pitcher and like it, there's like the unsung or untold stories about some of these ground, but again, nobody cares about that. You know, at the end of the day, you got to go out on the field. It's 11-11, man whooping man game. And it's true. And you do it and you win. Um, I know that when you play at Miami, they have a ridiculous heat advantage where the visiting team has to sit in like 60 degrees hotter. Seattle designed their stadium specifically to be louder with the acoustics. Are there any that I'm missing around there that have that kind of advantage around the league that I'm not thinking of? Um, I haven't played in all of them, so I, I couldn't give you the honest answer there. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that th- mm-hmm. those are probably two that I was thinking of the most. <laughs> I knew we were on the same page. You know what comes with like being outside and playing the conditions and having fun is getting like a little scrum. Fellas start pushing each other around. This is the way it works. 17 takes a hit late. Maybe he hit the brakes a little bit to take that, that hit, but that's besides the point. Flag comes out. Uh, your boy Dion runs in, starts pushing people. You get the hell out of there. A great little AFC East scrum in the snow. Tell us all about that moment and like in your thoughts while that's going on. Yeah, I mean, again... Going to the sideline, um, getting pushed a little late, whatever. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate my guys at my back, but I, I, I will say this. There was a couple yeah. Dolphin fans, or not Dolphin fans, Dolphins players that came up to me right after that and asked if I was okay. And I, I did really appreciate that. Oh, One, yeah. notably, was Christian Wilkins. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Obviously, uh, on the field, we've, we've kind of uh, butted heads quite a bit, and we got into it, jaw match, a little earlier in the game. But – um, and I have a lot of respect for him as a player. And there was a couple other guys that also came up and just like, Hey, you're all right. Like, so I, I did appreciate that part of it. But again, my, I think, uh, my guys got my back and I love him for it. It is really cool. And you know, I, you and I have talked about Wilkins before. I think he's an agitator. I think he is a bleep stirrer. And I think he's a guy. He, he's, that he's one of those guys that if you with. love, yeah. Yes. If he's on your team, you love him. If you play against him, you probably hate his guts. Yeah, and, like, it's, and it, it's his job for the Bills quarterback to not like him, right? That's <laughs> what he does. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's some, – some people, like, again, some people, that's, that's, their, that's their game, getting into the heads of other people and whatnot or trying to at least. Um, but, again, like, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all grown men. We're all part of the same fraternity that is the NFL. Um, we all want each other to be successful in their own right, right? Except, mm-hmm. except when they're playing us, right, and we want to – we want to see them do well. We want to send, see them get the second contract and be able to take care of their families. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at least that's that's how I feel, and that's how we should feel. And it shows the way you play. Um, you had uh, you and I have talked a lot this year about the Josh Allen jump and the leap, and you've done it a bunch of times. And we look back at Reedley and watched you do it. This one was massive. It was a huge play, two point conversion. You had to have it. Really big moment in the game. How sure were you that you did have it because they had to review it and they said no touchdown? Like, take us through that if you would. Yeah. I mean, I obviously get the ball, I jump over, and I felt like I like knowing where I was at on the field and um, kind of being in, in those types of situations before. As soon as it happened, I put my hands up. But again, whether I was or wasn't, I was going to put my hands up, uh, you know, regardless <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but 
obviously going back and, and seeing the replay as I'm walking to the bench, you know, it just seems like it's right over that line. And it crossed the play and that's all you got to do. It's a, it's a game of inches. And, uh, you know, that was a pretty small, small inch there. Um, the best leaper ever of all time in football is Walter Payton way back in the day. Like he used to take off from like the seven yard line and land like by the goalpost. Do you, when you leap like on that play, is that a predetermined, like, are you pretty sure when you're breaking the huddle, like I'm going to elevate and I'm going over the top or is it spur of the moment? It's spur of the moment for me. Some, some people yeah. may, may be different. I think, um, you know, that that's a play that we hadn't run all year. So I wasn't really sure how to attack, attack it. And it was just kind of felt some stuff at my feet and just decided to go up and over and uh, worked out. That's the first time you run that play in a game all year? That, that specific play, yes. Mm. Wow, that's a, it's a keeper. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. They review it. You get it. Um, you know, the last question I have about that game, you do a thing, Josh, and sometimes it ends and the game ends well for you, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the game, whether it's the defense on the field or the kicker, you're on the bench in your spot and you sit there and um, a lot of guys come up and they get up and they take a knee on the sideline or they hold hands with teammates. You kind of stay in that spot. And then when the game is over and you win or lose, you get up. Is that a superstition or is that just like your routine? Tell me about why you stay right there um, in the last moments of the game. I think mentally for me, it's just like, all right, I'm staying in this moment. Um, God forbid he gets the, it gets blocked, it missed, whatever penalty, whatever. Like I am just thinking in my mind, like, you know, yeah. hoping for the best, expecting the worst. And I'm staying in that mindset of like, all right, I got to go back on the field here. Like I got to find a way to, to win a football game. And um, that's, that's really the, the reason why I sit there. I, I tell my, my teammates come up to me like, all right, let's just be ready. Just be ready for anything. All right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, I think it's just a mindset thing. Great feeling to take that park off, though, with the win, isn't it? It looked awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, oh, like, man. the implications of that game and clinching a playoff spot, which, again, at the end of – or at the beginning of every year, I think everyone's goal is to win the Super Bowl, right? But to yeah. win the Super Bowl, you got to make the playoffs. So the first domino to fall is clinching playoff berth. And to be able to go out there and do that, and obviously we still have a few more games left, and we got a big one this week. Um, but that – getting up and hugging Joe and, and Case because it's been a it's been a long year. It's been a lot of a lot of work, a lot of you know moving parts that have gone into it, and we still got a lot of work to do. Um, but a, a sense of relief knowing that you've got a chance. You know we've bought we've bought our ticket to win the lottery. If that makes sense. Hell yeah, it does, and it makes great sense. It's great to hear coming out of your mouth. We have a special guest to get to in one minute, but Josh, you got to play Saturday, so I don't even have to ask. I know you watched ball on Sunday. It's you know going back to Saturday. You were the late game. And the first game was the greatest comeback in NFL history. Did you get to see it? And like, did you get to watch it? What did you think of that? I was watching it. Yeah, that was that was wild. Um, mm. Vikings, like again, you look at halftime. It's thirty-three nothing. You go on Twitter, and it's you know the Vikings are the worst team in NFL history, right. and they're frauds <laughs> and this and that, and like again, like all the freezing cold right. takes that you know were brought back yeah. up after the game, and um, that's that's football, man. That's you never know. That's why we play this game. It, it could look down and blink in an instant. It, it could be different. Um, but yeah, I mean, credit to those guys for, for keeping their heads in it. it Cause I, I 33 and you know, down 33 to zero. Um, you're always going to feel like you have a chance, 
but that's got to feel like you have a pretty slim chance. But again, it's all about the next play and how can I, how can I execute the next play and just keep that mindset the entire second half? And they did. It was incredible. It really was. Um, and then yesterday, Pat's Raiders. What the hell have you ever seen something like that in your life? No, I was actually sitting down. I had a, I had a few friends from Wyoming. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, in my house. And like we're sitting down eating dinner and we're, you know, playing some card games and whatnot. And the TV's kind of off in the distance. And I just, I, I saw the play happen. And I'm like, I get up out of my chair and I'm screaming. Like I, I couldn't believe what happened. Um, yeah. I, I that's kind of the craziest way to end a game I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I, and again, I, I feel for the guy and always trying to make a play. Um, yeah. But again, that's why you play the game. Amazing. Just an amazing weekend of sports. And we have an amazing basement moment for you and me, Josh. We've been doing this all season, and we have a special couple of guests right here. And I know we're both really looking forward to this. We offered a fan the opportunity to appear here in the basement with you, and they had to buy any Bill's Mafia sauce and rubs at Wegmans. Um, all the benefits go to the Patricia Allen Fund at Oshai Children's Hospital, something that's very dear to you, I know. Um, we have a winner. And the winner is nine-year-old Liam Lynch with his dad, Matt, and has a very special connection to OCH. Let's bring him in. Liam and Matt, get in here. There they are, the winners. You're in the basement. Move a little bit closer to yourself, you guys, so you can see it. Liam, to your left, buddy. And I want you to say hi to Josh Allen. Hi. Liam, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I'm uh, looking forward to talking with you. I'm a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, Matt, if, if you wouldn't mind telling us a story about Liam's journey and uh, how special and courageous this boy is who wants to meet Josh today. Yeah, so it's uh, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for having us on. And uh, Josh, I wanted to thank you uh, as a father. You, you're a big deal to a bunch of folks here in Western New York, but specifically to our family. And uh, for me just to be able to thank you face to face for the just the, the, the situation that we were in and, the, and just the distraction that you and the Bills have provided our family. I can't thank you enough. Um, so in uh, Liam's story is December, no, was it? Yes, yeah, December of 2019. Uh, he had some swelling around his neck and um, he went to Oshai Hospital where he was diagnosed with lymphoblastic lymphoma, which is uh, obviously a type of cancer. And when you're diagnosed with something like that, you're automatically uh, in the hospital. They, they take you right away. There's not like you go home, you get closed, you become a patient immediately. And he started an intensive 33-day uh, chemotherapy treatment, uh, which was probably pretty challenging. But um, throughout our time there, we got a text message from you, Josh Allen, back in 2019, Wishing him uh, well wishes and prayers, and um, it was such a great, great thing that we received. And it was again just one of the distractions through our uh, through his journey. So um, it's a two and a half year treatment. He came out shortly after New Year's 2020, and uh, this April we rang the victory bell. He rang the victory bell. Heck yeah which is phenomenal. 
So we're on the back side of it, which is awesome. And our paths continue to cross, Liam's and yours, Josh. Um, <laughs> I got the chills. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> At this past uh, training camp, I don't know if you know, but you, you came over to the sideline and signed Liam and Luke's ball cap, um, which was very nice. We were the only ones standing there, and you, you are such a nice guy. You go around and literally try to sign everybody's stuff. And you were in the middle of the field and you came about 50 yards to us just to sign these two kids stuff, which again is just a testament to who you are and why we appreciate you so much, Josh. And then uh, Liam was recently nominated as the Oshai Children's Hospital Champion Kid, which once again, uh, put his name on your cleats. Uh, That's right. <laughs> my cause, my cleats, uh, right on your left cleat was his name, Liam Lynch. So you wore that in that football game. So. Just a great opportunity to bring closure to as Liam's journey from cancer closes. And you've been there every step of the way with us, Josh. You probably didn't know it, but you were. And I can't thank you enough. And uh, I don't know what else to say. Thank you very much. And we appreciate this opportunity, Josh. Not to thank I, I, I am like over, <laughs> overjoyed. I, I have chills from my toes to my scalp right now. Um, that is such a cool story, and I like that. That's that's why I do what I do with the hospital, and I love doing that and hearing stories like that. Um, God, I got I'm at a loss for words. I, I know that you guys have been through a lot, Liam, especially you. That's so awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys get to any of the games, but I, I would love to have you guys to our next home game and get you guys some sideline passes and get you down pregame and say what's up to you guys. So. I don't know if you'd want to do that or not. You guys let me know. I'm sure we can make that happen. You guys would like that? We okay. can talk about it, but I think it's got a resounding yes on this side, Josh. Okay, then we'll 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 make sure we take care of that and um I'll come come and see you guys pregame at our next home game. Yes. Uh, what do you say? That's the best. Um Liam, your story is incredible. I'm so glad you're here. I can see the joy in Josh's face. I hope that the joy stays there because Liam, I understand that you have some questions for Josh that you want to hit him with right now. So the floor is yours. Josh is always open to answer anything. Go ahead, buddy. Who did you look up to when you yes, were growing up? I looked up to my dad when I was growing up. Uh, he was my biggest role model. He worked extremely hard to provide for his family. Um, actually, I grew up on a farm really in the middle of nowhere. So he was up before sunrise. He would come home after sunset. Um, I got to hang out with my mom and my siblings all day. And, you know, it was uh, really cool. But just seeing how hard my dad worked and how selfless that he was, uh, he's definitely someone I wanted to emulate being like. And I've always told myself, if I can be half the man my dad is, I think I'm going to be in some good company. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, what other sports do you like to play other than football so other than football i love golf that's that's the main sport i play now besides football um any chance that i can get i was watching tiger woods and his uh son the other day on in the pnc championship and one i think that the that that uh, tournament's really cool but uh looking outside and seeing a foot of snow made me really sad because i just <laughs> kept seeing this beautiful golf course and i was like dang i wish i wish i was golfing on a on a nice golf course right now, but that one, I, I love golf. I love playing basketball. 
I played baseball. I did gymnastics when I was a kid. I uh, played soccer. Um, but I'll tell you what, I think my favorite sport other than football is swimming. Mm. I, I love swimming. I think it's, I think it's so good for you too. Mm. You like swimming? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. This one's a swimmer. Oh yeah. That's Luke. He doesn't get out of it. Yes. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. <laughs> Man, there's a good question. What else you got? You got anything yeah, else? Yeah, keep them coming. I want, I want some hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Do you play Call Do you play Call of Duty? I do play Call of Duty. I haven't played a lot recently, um, I, but again, I don't. I'll hop on sometimes and see if any of my friends are on, and if they're not on, I don't play. I can't play by myself. I just wanna, I wanna play with my guys and be able to talk, um, you know, talk mess with them and make fun of them for not being good Call of Duty players. So the second part of this question is, do you think you can beat me? Can I beat you? I wrote this part. Do you play Call of Duty? Yeah. Are you good at it? Yeah, with my two favorite guns I am, but if I don't have any other gun, I'm horrible. Well, I'm, I feel the same way. And I don't even know what guns to use. Like, they're, I'm so bad at the game. I really am. I think that you would beat me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Um, well, Josh has said he's not that good at Call of Duty. His, his best guns are on the football I'm field. I'm so bad um, at it. But I'm maybe so he'll have to do it. He, he's not good. Um, you know what, though? You guys, you know what's funny is that you guys have your movie posters, and Josh has his movie posters. Josh and I talk all year. He loves football, oh. or he loves movies. And so every week I tell him, there's a movie from way long ago before you were born that you, you should watch. Liam, I want to look to you, and I want you to give Josh a movie that, even if he's seen it before, he can watch it again, and he can give his review of it. Do you have a movie that you want to give to Josh to watch this week? Uh, Avatar? Avatar, okay. Ooh. I have not watched that yet. I have not oh. watched that. And I know the second okay. one's coming out, or is out yet? Uh, yeah, it's out. It's coming out now. It's out now. Yeah. Have you seen the second one yet? No. Not yet? Okay. I'll watch the first one, because I know I'm going to have to watch the second one, too, because all my teammates want to watch it. So I'll watch the first one, and I'll uh, review it next week. Oh, that's great. Um, you guys are the best, That's a, that's Josh, a good, I, good movie request, because I've been wanting to watch that, too. So that, that lines up really well. It's perfect. It's timely. It's a movie that matters. Liam, great job. Josh, do you have anything to say in closing to this wonderful family, Liam, who that you've brought so much joy to? I, I can't thank you guys enough for obviously supporting my jersey there. Um, you know, I'm here for you, and I know you're you're there for me. So we'll take care of all the pregame stuff and tickets for the next home game, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, no worries. You guys have a good one. God bless. God bless you, too. Thank yep. you, Liam. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Josh. Great job, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That's our guy. In fact, those are our guys. That's Josh. That's Matt and Liam. Love those guys. So glad they can make it to the basement. Josh is here every week, maybe next week after yet another win as we sprint into 2023 and it's almost playoff season. Josh is the best. We'll see him next week. Let's go to Skycam. Let's go to the sky cam so I can get out of here. Hello, everybody. I'm going to go over here and get a dart. I'm going to chuck this dart at the dartboard, which is really like starting to get just pilfered with all kinds of gashes and scars now. I'm going to hit a number, and then there's a corresponding topic for whatever number I hit. That is, ooh, 19. I can't think of a time that I have hit 19, but I hit it, and it says most overrated movie. Okay. Well, I've already talked about It's a Wonderful Life. And if you love A Wonderful Life, you might be at the end of yours. Look, all due respect, I think the older generation loves that film. And there'll come some time when, you know, my grandkids are watching a Christmas movie that I like called Elf or whatever. And they'll be like, this is so annoying. Why is he screaming so much? I don't love The Godfather. (laughs) I don't. Um, I respect it. I've seen him. There's a lot to love about it, and uh, it's slow. It's really slow. It's really heavy. It's a little bit before my time. I didn't see it till I was like in college, at which point I had I was already worshiping at the altar of Goodfellas in terms of mobster movies, and then Sopranos was coming. So if you're classically trained on Goodfellas and The Sopranos, and then you're like, oh, I should probably check out The Godfather, Godfather Two, just so I can really be. Um, you know, cultured and well-rounded on this. I'm like, eh, this, this is awesome. And the music and the acting and the characters and I like the Corleone thing and all that. Um, I'm trying to get there. I'm, I've, I've watched it again recently. It's just tough to get to. It's tough. Uh, I like The Godfather. It's just, I don't know if it's the greatest film in history, like people refer to it as. It might be awesome, it might be great, but you put on Goodfellas and Godfather, it just is so much more... Um, action and so much faster paced and maybe it's just me generational godfather i love you um there's a lot of godfather people out there i'm just working to get there not a fan of of it's a wonderful life godfather i'm still working on it and i'm still working in the basement tomorrow the rest of the week guys we work christmas week i hope you join us christmas week thank you to josh allen thank you to everybody who came in here and thank you for you guys coming in here and thank you for my dad for watching everybody i'm out from kyle brand's basement please close the garage on your way out see ya